you have heard about calls to action, right? CTAs, how important they are in order to convert and have people behave in the way that you want them to behave, whatever call to action that may be. Well, Alison Lex is here with us today. She is a sales copy expert, a perfect person to join us on Cashing On Camera to talk about calls to action that actually convert. And there's a lot to unload with this because there are currencies that she's going to be talking about today. It's really phenomenal. The angle to which you take and, and how you look at calls to action, Ellison. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. You know, do people use calls to action effectively in your opinion, generally? No. How is that for a story? Uh, no, I love no. it. <laughs> so a lot of times what I see is frankly, they're not using them at all. I know they're, they're using them so in infrequently that when they do use them, it's a little bit of a whiplash moment for their audience because they're out there giving all of this amazing information, all of this content, all of this good stuff, but they're not asking for anything. And so by the time they ask, their people have gotten used to just taking. Okay, let's unpack that because that's a really key, important concept. How much is too much? Because we, in the marketing space, you hear like, you know, give and goodwill and don't be shy and don't hold cards close to the vest and the free line and all of that. Is there such a thing as giving away too, too much? Yes. And <laughs> so that's from improv. I never like to say no, but yes, there is such a thing as giving away too much. If you don't back it up with asking them for something in return, and that's really where those currencies that we talked about come in. And of course it's going to happen on live stream, but my cleaners are here. So if you hear vacuums, I'm really sorry. <laughs> no we're problem. Not, we were off hey, at least but... you're getting your house cleaned. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's the best decision I've ever made for my business. Oh, just just you know. So, but that really goes to those currencies that we talked about, because a lot of times we think, well, I can't just ask them for money a hundred percent of the time. Now you and I talked about the currencies before we got on the live. And so we're going to have to review that because I think this is a key, key uh, concept is that you deal in and recommend that we look at various different kinds of currencies. It's not just fiat or not just like monetary, right? It's lots of different other types of currencies that you could ask for in exchange. So let's go through what those currencies are. For sure. So there are five. Number one is money. And that's the one we tend to default to. In fact, the term currency denotes that I'm talking about money because money is currency, but the other four are just as important. Okay. So I'm, I've got them written down so I don't forget them or miss one attention. I'm asking for you to pay attention to me right now. That's a currency. That's something I have that you want. The second is information. So if you ask me to enter my name and email address into a landing page, perhaps an, an opt-in form, you're asking for my information and you're also asking for my attention, which we'll get to in a minute. Then there's time. You, yes. you might ask me to come to a webinar right now. I'm asking for your time and your attention. That's currency. And the last is relationship. 
This is especially true when it comes to referral marketing. Hey, do you know anybody that could use a copywriter? I'm asking you to put your relationship, your name on the line for me. But this also goes when I say, hey, like and share, tag a friend. And so we do start to see some calls to action asking for that relationship to be leveraged, especially on social media. I'm going to put out a scenario that we see quite a bit in marketing, and that is the gung-ho entrepreneur who creates a 90-minute amazing training. Very thorough, 90 minutes long, putting everything they've got into this 90-minute training. And they think this is going to be it. The leads are going to be flooding in because this is a solid 90 minutes of like amazing. This is everything I know all in here. And so now I'm going to go up there and I'm going to peddle this to people who don't really know, like, or trust me, but because I've put so much into it and because it's so valuable to me, I'm going to ask all these people and they're going to be flocking. They're going to be flocking to this thing. It's going to be amazing. And then they go up there and it's crickets and they cannot figure out why. Explain to us why. All right. So this is where if I had myself together, I would have a piggy bank in front of me. My kid has a piggy bank. It's in the other room. I won't go get it now, but just pretend I'm holding it in front of me and it's full of quarters and dimes and pennies and nickels. And this is your relationship. Every give, every positive interaction that you have with your audience puts a coin in that piggy bank. If it's a really good positive interaction, it might put two or three coins in there, but you're filling up your relationship piggy bank. And then when you ask them to attend something, a workshop that's 90 minutes, a live stream, an event in person, there's a payment associated with that. If you haven't put enough into the piggy bank, they're not going to have enough to afford it. Okay, so I'm putting that in money terms, but really what it is, it's a 90 minute workshop for somebody I don't know. That is a lot of time. That is a lot of time and attention you are asking of me, right? And if you're charging for it, now you're asking for time, attention, and money, and you need my, my name and email address at the very least. So you want four different currencies and I've never met you. Yeah. You haven't put enough into the piggy bank yet. So really when you're building your call to action, it's important to think about who you're speaking to, how much you need from them and how much you've put into that relationship to begin with. hundred percent. And I love that you frame this around this idea of different kinds of currency, because when you're going out there, when you're trying, let's say you have something amazing that you want to, you know, share with people, but then you wonder why are people not flocking to this thing? Think about those currencies. What are you asking people to do? Because it is no small feat for any busy person, right? To spend 90 minutes watching something. They've got to be seriously invested and further down that customer journey than someone who's a beginner and doesn't know you yet. No one's going to be wanting to spend never mind like five currencies, not even one currency, one of these one currencies, if they're not like invested in it yet. Right. So, okay. So let's go back to the calls to action that convert. How do we get around that then? Because we do want to include calls to action in 
our social media and how we're interacting with people. What are the do's and don'ts that we need to be mindful of? So the do, include a call to action with everything, everything. I'll give you the way how. Tap into those five currencies. A call to action is literally you just saying, hey, do this thing. All right, so at the end of your email, check out this video I did. That's a call to action. You're asking for time and attention. And those two, by the way, are very closely related. So, you know, there are some cases where you'll want time and not attention, but usually it's both. You're asking for time and attention when you ask them to watch a video or, hey, come leave your feedback on this Instagram post. That's information. You're asking for information and feedback, right? Comment below. Let me know what you think. Those kinds of really casual questions are actually calls to action. So it's not hard to include a CTA with everything you do. The reason you want to do this is it establishes from the get-go that this is now a give and take relationship that you're happy to give, but you're also going to ask them to give back. It builds that two-way communication and that two-way transfer of, we can call it whatever you want, energy, intention, right? That kind of stuff. But it trains them essentially that you're going to ask them to do things. Yeah. And we'll be okay with that. Yeah. And I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, especially maybe early stage or people who are kind of in that hustle mode, that kind of bootstrap mode, they are frustrated because they're like, I'm doing everything. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to every coach and told, they tell me to make this amazing lead magnet. And like, why aren't people not flocking to it? And I think it's because a lot of times we think of calls to action as literally the thing that I'm selling, right? The call to action is only related to the thing I'm selling, the product or the service. But to your point, the call to action can be any number of actions that you're asking people to take. And it doesn't have to cost money. It doesn't have to cost monetary money, but there is a currency that's being traded. And I love that angle. What is the biggest challenge that you're seeing people face right now when it comes to, to calls to action? Really the biggest challenge, and I think this is probably true in more of marketing than just the call to action part of it, is, is really just the amount of demand there is yeah. on your prospect's attention to stop the scroll is a thing and people say, oh, attention spans are getting shorter and the seven second TikTok." And there is merit to that. I don't ever want to discount that kind of thing, but, and this is from somebody who does not watch video. I, I struggle to retain the information. I will sit and watch a 30 minute YouTube video if it interests me, me too. if it's valuable. Right. I'll read a book that's not interesting just because it doesn't take that much effort for me, but to watch a video takes effort. So, but if it's interesting, I'll do it. Well, the same holds true for your people. If you're creating things that give them right. So just like there's currencies you ask for, they have currencies too. If you give them value in the form of attention, information, build a relationship with them, give them time, right? That's value to them too. Money, of course, we're just not, that's beside the point, but those are currencies you can put out to then ask for other ones back. And now you've got a trade and that is how 
you get that attention, you build that relationship, and ultimately you work towards the sale. Yeah. And, and the idea of thinking of it through the lens of these five currencies, I think is really powerful because then you as the creator, if you are putting something out there and you're asking people to trade one or more of these, the, the higher, the, the more currencies that you're asking for in return, the harder sell it is yeah. because you're asking so much of that person. I think a lot of times people think, well, gee, I'm the one who put all this work into this. All they have to do is spend 30 minutes watching it. 30 minutes, you're asking a lot of someone. You're asking a lot of someone to, to do something for eight minutes, let alone 30, right? So right. you gotta really think about the other person and, and put yourself in their shoes. They're busy, they've got kids, they're running a business, they're trying to get exercise in, they're like, they're shopping, you know, all these different things. But we're so like insular and we're so kind of like in our own head. And we're like, of course, all this, value that I'm putting out there, people should be flocking, but looking at it through the lens of these five currencies, I think is really powerful. Love it. And what you said, I really like is that you, you actually want to respect what you're asking them to do. Right. So think about, and, and the example that I've always used, which does not work so much now because I keep my wallet right next to my computer because I have an online shopping addiction and yes, it has cash <laughs> on it but let's pretend I had a purse in the other room and it had my wallet in it. And I wanted to buy something and I didn't already have all my credit cards saved in my little wallet thing on the computer. But if I wanna buy something, I have to get up out of my chair. I have to go into the other room. I have to navigate my family, my husband who's gonna to wanna to know what I'm buying. I have to find my wallet because I have no idea where I put it. I have to choose the correct account that I want it to come out of. I have to come in, I have to enter the numbers. I have to flip it over, get that little code, right? I've got to enter and That's a lot of steps. Really break it down into the steps that I'm being asked to do. Mm -hmm. Do that for everything you're asking your people to do and then decide and determine objectively, have I put enough into the relationship to really ask for that whole list of tasks? what i heard in that example the word friction just came to my mind mm -hmm. it's about friction the more friction that you're putting between you and the outcome that you want or the thing that you're asking people to do the less likely they are to do it the more friction there is the more steps the more hoops people have to jump through the less likely you're going to get those higher conversions so you have to make it super super simple which is often what you hear and i know that in your world with sales copy and you've written the sales copy that have generated millions of dollars. I know you've generated like hundreds of thousands of leads for clients and such, but it's that piece around making it as simple as possible. The more hoops you make people jump through, the less likely they are to actually do the thing you're asking them to do to convert. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah, that's exactly it. And also consider like, you know, if a stranger on the street asked me to do a list of 10 tasks, my answer is likely no. But if my best friend or my husband asked me to, no brainer, of course. Right. The relationship matters in, and how, again, how much you've put into it. Segment that we do called Stop Marketing Like It's 1999. So, yeah. Allison, what is a tip, a tool, a tactic or technique that's helping you to market for yourself for the year that we live in? 
So it's stopped marketing like it's 1999. I actually thought about this because I knew this segment was coming. I want you to market like it's 1899. I want you to create an online Mayberry where you know everyone's name, you have a, re a relationship is the big word of, of the day today, but you've really built up that kind of friendship and you understand them. Think about it. You walk down the street, main street, the grocer knows your name and he knows that you need bread today. And this person knows your name and you feel welcomed. I want you to create that for your people. So they feel welcomed into your world, into your online Mayberry and see what difference that makes for you. Old school. That's right. Going back to old school. I'm loving it. I love it. <laughs> that is fantastic advice. And on that note, I thank you so much for coming on cash in on camera and sharing your expertise and your yeah. wisdom and your knowledge. Uh, I think these five currencies and the tips you've shared today will really help our audience. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was fun. This podcast features curated audio originating from live video interviews simulcast on social media. You can catch full video episodes at Cheryl Pluff and on my YouTube channel. To learn how we can help you use video to grow your business, visit CherylPluff.com. Remember, you can send us a voicemail question or suggestion for inclusion in the show from our main podcast page. Cash In On Camera is a production of Cheryl Pluff Media.